Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss from zero to 60, zero day flaws actively and Microsoft Exchange actively exploited in the wild. Next up, it's a brute point. Brute Raytel cracked and shared across the cyber criminal underground. And of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 133, recorded on October 3rd, 2022. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. You go, Glenn Coco. LaBelle. With me, co-host Tim, always O'Day away. And last but not least, Taylor, Battle Rattle or Rattle, Wilkes Pierce. Can I just say, what a, what a day of threes. <laughs> Sorry, I was reaching for my... He was waiting for Tim. <laughs> like, fine, it's not good enough. Yeah, episode number 133 on October 3rd. Say that four times quickly, or three times quickly, ironically. 133 on 10-3? Yeah. Boy, it's a good luck you, term. You know, it's a long ways off, but imagine episode one three three seven. Whoa! Ooh. That'll have to be a very special episode. <laughs> it sure will. But I, today is special because the day of our recording, October third, as we mentioned, October third, ten three, episode one three three, is National Mean Girls Day and National Techies Day which is dedicated to encouraging students to consider a career in technology, which is kind of a bomb way to kick off Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It is indeed. Indubitably. But I have to confess, you know, pop culture uh, confessions time, I have never seen Mean Girls. (gasps) What? I know, that's crazy. You're missing out. She doesn't even go here. (laughs) That is. I've never seen Titanic. Oh, we talked about this because Taylor and oh, I got to man. see each other in Boston, and I still yeah. that still haunts me. Honestly. I still think his heart will go on, though. <laughs> I know, so the thing is, I know how it ends, like the bird six. But me, you have no idea how that ends. You've got that you have to watch it. <laughs> oh my, that's sad. Yes, I'm old enough to uh, to remember when the big Titanic movie was called A Night to Remember, and that is going back. Deep cuts. Anyway, so today's Mean Girls Day, huh? It's it a national day for everything. Mean Girls is at the top of the list, I'd say. Um, it's it's an important day. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, it's so need fetch. to be recognized. It, don't try to make fetch happen, Tay Tay. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are just oh. rubbing it in. Today is also it's almost okay. Because tomorrow is ten four. <laughs> is tomorrow CB Radio Day? I mean, it really should, it should be. be. <laughs> uh, very fun. Well, this is a great way to kick off the month. And thanks, thanks y'all for sticking with us last week. Some some illness hit many of us hard. So appreciate you having patience and coming on back for our one hundred thirty third episode. Which, of course, will be like our typical format here. We're going to talk about some stuff happening in the cybers, and then we're going to play our game and try to humiliate, humiliate one another. Does does that sound good to, to you two? That sounds dandy. I'm in. Dandy, you say? Excellent. 
Well, well, let's talk about our first article, which is from zero to 60. So Microsoft confirmed that two recently disclosed zero-day flaws in Microsoft Exchange are being actively exploited in the wild. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this off with a podcast poll. Um, and somebody will have to win. There are three of us. Is it zero-day or O-day? And I will not accept it's both. This is, a, this is not a data-data situation. I, I want hard opinions on this. Zero day. Yeah. There, I've said it. <laughs> it's just, it's like you have zero days to prepare for it, I guess, right? Like, <laughs> that's right. Instead of you have O days. Taylor. Well, I like O days. O days. O days. Cool. It does. Taylor, sometimes when you do that, yeah, it, it genuinely makes me think of Lumberg on Office Space. Yeah. About those We're zero cool. day reports. <laughs> We're gonna need you to drop those. We're gonna O-days need on you Sunday. Did you get the memo? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to rub well, it in. So Kelsey, it, does this mean that there's a penalty from now on if if either of us ever uses <gasps> the other form of it, the one that we didn't declare just now? The only exception as as you did in your intro, Tim, is for puns. I think for puns. The rule can be broken, but there should be some O-day buzzer that occurs. <laughs> well, I don't know what that, that sound is. It's going to get noisy, right? Because uh, <laughs> if I say uh, O-day, eh, I get buzzed, but I guess it, it well, I don't know. It's been zero days I guess days Taylor, since also said, O-day. Taylor also said zero day, right? We were in agreement on yeah, that. Yeah, we were you in did. agreement on that. I'm, I'm with you there, too. I'm not an O-day person. I'm a Z-day. But then I hear Z-day. people call it O-day, and, and I'm like, that sounds cool, too. I, I don't really, I, I don't get up in arms about the other uh, one. O-day is the name of a high school here in Seattle. That's in true. Pacific Northwest. That's true. So that, that I was be, thinking, like, you know, if I read it, I think zero day. <laughs> yes. Well. We'll see. I'm curious now that we're kind of trying to sniff, well, we, sniff I think we it. need a Twitter poll, probably. Yeah, uh, always. Twitter is where all public opinion needs to happen. There's actually, frankly, there's just not enough opinions on Twitter these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will help stir something up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Tim, I've got, a, I've got a very serious question, more so than the zero-day O-day, which is, you know, we've got two zero-day vulnerabilities here. And in the article, they mention one is a server-side request forgery, and the other allows remote code execution. So let's start by describing which, uh, what those vulnerabilities mean that I just stated there, server-side request forgery and remote code execution. Yeah, let's get into it. So it's early days a little bit in terms of these, the full details on these two vulnerabilities. So we'll have to speak in some generalities here a little bit, but... Uh, at a high level, a server-side request forgery or uh, SSRF vulnerability is one in which an attacker can get a server to access resources that normally should not be available without some kind of privileged access. And these vulnerabilities can have various effects. So, for example, sometimes they're used to gain access to like back-end internal systems that the attacker should not be able to get to, or in other cases, the access is to parts of the vulnerable web app itself. Um, so right now we don't have all the details on how this particular SSRF works uh, against Exchange, but we do know what some of the effects are, which I'll, I'll come back to in a minute. And so th- the second vulnerability here is a little bit more mysterious than the first. So RCE, a remote code execution vulnerability, can take many, many different forms, really 
Uh, all that term actually means is quite generic. It means that it allows an unprivileged user to run arbitrary code without physical access to the machine. So lots of different vulnerabilities that you hear about are RCEs. Um, and in this case, all that really tells us here is that it's a serious vulnerability. Um, there are a couple of mitigating factors for these, and one of them is that the attacker has to be authenticated to the exchange server. Now, how easy or hard that would be is highly dependent on a lot of other things. It'll be very situational for different people's um, deployments and organizations. Uh, if somebody wanted to pull an inside job against their employer or uh, some organization where they had an on-prem exchange account, well, they've already got that part solved. Now, um, having said that, the uh, instances that we've seen of these being exploited in the wild so far do not look like they are insider threats, uh, but you know, you never know with that. Um, but there are a lot of ways to get authenticated from just your basic phishing to other more sophisticated social engineering methods. Go buy the creds on the dark web, uh, physical access to an unlocked machine. You know, you can go on and on about that. And by the way, it, you just have to have authentication as a regular user. You don't have to have uh, root uh, or admin privileges to uh, as authentication in order to pull this off. Now, for the, uh, for the RCE vulnerability here, a, there's a sort of mitigating condition, but not hugely. Uh, it requires PowerShell to be accessible to the attacker. Now, what attacker worth their salt doesn't have PowerShell available to them? Um, as most of our listeners will probably recall, PowerShell is available to uh, just about everyone uh, who's in the attacking game. So um, that's not really a major mitigation uh, either. In fact, it's pretty, it's not, it's barely one that we can consider. Um, what has been observed so far in the wild comes from a Vietnamese security outfit called GTSC. No idea what that stands for. Um, and they've seen these vulnerabilities chained together to deploy Chinese chopper web shells for persistence and data theft, as well as to move laterally through the victim networks. Um, persistence, lateral movement, and data theft are all things you'd expect to see downstream of RCE vulns on a popular system like Exchange. Wow. Well said there, Tim. And for some reason, I'm just imagining myself at a doctor's office being like, you sort of have a mitigating condition. And <laughs> I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but that's that's what I'm imagining. I'm in something made of paper, sitting down on something made of paper, and that's being spoken to me. So, Tim, Microsoft said they would accelerate a timeline to fix the issue. In your opinion, what what would that ideally look like? Or maybe I should ask realistically too, because I'm sure the ideal answer would be b before it happened. Um, yeah, right. right. No <laughs> but, such thing as a zero day, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, anytime you have an RCE flaw in a widely used system, which uh, by its very nature, like Microsoft Exchange, has sensitive internal user data on it, um, that is serious. So ASAP would be an appropriate timeline here. And, uh, you know, it should be mentioned that there are, um, not underlying uh, fixes or patches, but there are ways um, to protect yourself against this, uh, which we'll get to in a second. So this show is going to air on October 5th, and the next Patch Tuesday that's coming along is October 11th. So it would be nice if um, something for these was included in that update. Uh, as you know, Microsoft does occasionally do out-of-cycle updates for super extra severe vulnerabilities. I don't know that they would do that this time. I'm not sure this rises to the level of some of the ones that we've seen for that, but we shall see. But in the meantime, 
uh, everybody is not completely helpless against this. And Tim, how about those who use Microsoft Exchange? So in the article, Microsoft mentioned customers don't need to take action. But uh, do you see any concern from that point of view? So they were specific about saying that Exchange Online customers uh, don't need to take action um, because, and this is my assumption, Microsoft has taken some of the very measures that they uh, talk about here to secure their own hosted instances. So um, the same measures, presumably, that they're recommending for on-prem Exchange customers. Gotcha. Okay. And an important particularity. We had talked ideally about the timeline for when Microsoft would do their fixing, but um, are there any mitigations that Microsoft suggests for on-premise exchange users? Yeah. So this is, and presumably, you know, reciprocally, this is what they probably have done for online exchange. So over the weekend, uh, they released a response center blog with instructions on adding a blocking rule in something called IIS manager default website URL rewrite actions. Uh, and this prevents known attack patterns. So they actually have three paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to choose the road you're on. Wait, wait sorry. <laughs> the three paths, yes. Uh, if you have uh, Exchange Emergency Mitigation Service enabled or EEMS, you're already all set. You're protected. No need to take further action because they've mitigated it for you. Or the second path, you can deploy a script that they developed to create that blocking rule. Or if you really like to turn the wrenches yourself, they provide the instructions for going into IIS Manager and manually creating the rule. But fundamentally, all of those do the same thing. Nice. And, yeah. and to be clear, they prevent the URL rewrite. That is the server-side request forgery. So they, um, they prevent that from happening and because of the way that we've seen the vulnerabilities uh, chained together, that would seem to likely mitigate this overall uh, attack vector. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you for, for sharing, Tim. And I think to put a bow on this topic, do you have or do we have any information on who might be behind these attacks and what, what their particular goals are? Yeah, we don't have a ton. So you might recall I mentioned the Chinese chopper web shells as part of what gets installed post-exploit, and that was a hint. And that research outfit, GTSC, uh, who reported this issue, suspects that a Chinese threat group might be responsible for the attacks they've observed so far anyway, um, based on the web shells code page, which has a Microsoft character encoding for simplified Chinese, and also the actor manages the web shells with the AntsWord Chinese open source website admin tool uh, as revealed by the user agent uh, used to install them on the exploited exchange servers that GTSC was looking at. Now, there is always the possibility of a false flag here. Attribution is hard. Your mileage may vary. Usual disclaimers, blah, blah, blah. So we don't have a ton of, of real conclusive details about it. Which is unusual. Uh, we have typically have all the answers we can say with lots of confidence well we here at breaking badness actually do know absolutely everything about this but we're sworn to secrecy sure. to that's right tell anybody about here it on this little podcast in fact even saying that's too much Tim. <laughs> we'll broke the code. <laughs> <laughs> oh excellent well let's let's do our our hoodie rating here 
which uh, for new listeners or for those who have forgotten, it's from zero to 10. 10 is uh, our rating of something that is very bad and you should maybe drop off the podcast and return later after doing some fixin' um, and mitigating, if you will. Um, and zero is maybe more neutral and it's playing off the cliche of hackers and hoodies and how many defenders you would need. So Taylor, why don't we start with you? What would you rate this at? Yeah, I mean, on one hand, it's like, hey, uh, this is a very widely <laughs> used bit of software uh, and, and these types of, of holes that get poked in it are, are pretty bad. And the other, it's like, well, a lot of folks are off-prem. Well, you still have plenty of folks that are on-prem, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm going to go six hoodies and a, and a quarter and a sleeve. Six hoodies and a sleeve and, a, and like a zipper. I was like, you must have very long arms for a sleeve to make up a quarter of the fabric. I do. I do have. You are a a baller. You are a basket baller, if you will. Uh, The long arms help there. That is. um, Yeah. yeah. You know, on another, like another note, I, you know, we think, oh, you can just patch these things. The patching process on this stuff is kind of insane. I was watching someone live tweet a patching process for an exchange server. It took them just you know, hours and hours uh, to, to just to move the ball downfield a few yards in the batching process. Uh, so it's not as, you know, that is, that sounds simple, but it's always trickier in real life. <laughs> Life's a patch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, what, what would you say? What's your rating? Well, be- my rating is a little lower than it was when we first picked out this story because the mitigations from Microsoft seem pretty solid and don't seem overly arduous to put in place. And so I'll go with a just straight down the middle five hoodies on this. It's it's a fairly serious issue if you get exploited by it, but it's not terribly hard to protect yourself. So five hoodies but if you are running Exchange and you never heard of this before, you still should pause the podcast, go fix your Exchange server, and then resume the podcast. Excellent. Well, Tim, thank you for your analysis and getting us up to speed on a few different types of vulnerabilities there. We are going to take a brief break to force Tim to watch Mean Girls, but we'll be back here in just a moment. Tim, we did we didn't make Tim watch me. No, you did, I I did it. I did it the <laughs> way uh, the way Neo downloaded the helicopter flying instructions in the Matrix. Uh, I just no, that was Trinity that did that. Is that right? I forget which one of them did it. But anyway, now I know how to fly the helicopter, and I've seen all of Mean Girls, so I get all the references now. <laughs> Excellent. Wow, we've we've done some important educating this week on Breaking Badness. If if nothing else. Tim has been introduced to Mean Girls. That's right. And on Wednesdays, <laughs> we wear pink. On Wednesdays. See? see he's, now he's even looking up quotes. See, you just read those quotes, Tim. <laughs> looking tell up, me you don't want to. Looking up, I, <gasps> well, how little faith. <laughs> uh, I'll believe it when I hear them used organically, Tim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I need to hear those in the triage Wednesday, meeting. Just quite. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, Taylor, we're going to shift over to you here for it's a brute Woo. point. Woo. So an archive file of Brute Rattel 
was uploaded to Total Virus, um, not Virus Total, Total Virus. And so now cybercrime groups are expressing interest in the leak of this new tool. And by leak, unfortunately, I do not mean the vegetable. So, Taylor, this is not the first time we've talked about Brute Retail, Retail, Data Data on the show. Um, we talked about it in July and how bad actors mm-hmm. were moving away from Cobalt Strike in favor of Brute Retail. They're losing market share. Rough time. Um, maybe just in case we have newer listeners, can you give a brief overview of what root retail retail, depending on how you like it, is? Yeah, so brute retail or, or retail rattle or, or however you want to want to pronounce it, uh, but that is the the the, the, the sciency term for badger. Um, so you'll see badger and honey badger referenced a lot in their documentation. Uh, but it made its initial debut uh, as a pen test tool uh, back at, way back in December of 2020. Uh, and so the, the creator of this tool is uh, ex-CrowdStrike slash ex-Mandiant. Uh, so someone with a lot of experience on the red team side of things uh, who you know just kind of built this as a tool th- the, themselves for a couple of years and then released it. Um, commercially for kind of folks in the pen testing field. So your, your red teamers. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where Cobalt Strike has sim- you know, similar origin story built for testing uh, and uh, adversary simulation purposes. But eventually the source gets leaked and then uh, a crack gets leaked and then it's everywhere. Right. So when we say, hey, you're, you're, the, the code can get leaked and that's one thing. The other thing is that the um, the licensing schema then can get cracked, uh, meaning that the tool can then be unlocked and used by just about anybody. So, you know, there's a lot of features and functionality to like for the red team and pen test folks uh, when it comes to brute rattle. Uh, it, so, you know, it, it handles like EDR evasion very well. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of really it's pretty advanced, right? So to see it just kind of out in the wild, as folks started to see back in July, that was certainly cause for concern. And then now over in the last week, um, the, the crack has been released. So <clears throat> if I'm understanding where <clears throat> Raytel comes from with your, your mm-hmm. description of Badger, Am, am I using it properly when I reference the 2008 banger Badger, shong, badger song? Retail, retail, yeah. retail, Rachel, Shitaki, Shitaki, Retail, Retail, Retail. Is that, would that be? I think um, that's up there. That's part of it, you know, but I think, you know, the internet, you know, got even more obsessed with the Honey Badger. Uh, they don't uh, give on up. The, <laughs> on the faux, uh, the, was it the, like the National Geographic, the Honey Badger takes what it wants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's is, how most people learned that there was such a thing as a Honey Badger. A that's honey badger. true. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. It was, it was really an important, the more you know message. That just came out in a different way, you know, the honey yeah. badger. So this is tooling that lets you made. take what you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, what's the most recent news here regarding this particular framework, Taylor? Yeah. So, you know, in the past two years since post-release, it's been getting continual updates, uh, which, you know, 
<laughs> uh, you know, things like, hey, you can write command and control over Slack and Discord and Teams and use uh, DNS over HTTPS and all kinds of neat stuff. But just so over the summer, uh, the Palo Alto team said, hey, we have seen this tooling now in an engagement and in uh, our engagement. So meaning, hey, it's now it's it's not just being used for educational purposes or testing purposes. It is being used for malicious purposes. Uh, and so that was back in July. And then as of this last week uh, on some of the kind of more popular underground crime, cybercrime forums uh, that are out there, uh, it is now uh, a crack has been released, meaning you can bypass the licensing check on it and use it uh, however you want with no oversight from uh, the makers of Brute. Retail. So, um, you know, that that that's kind of the big update that we can share is that it is, you know, the, the crack is now in the wild. From the makers of Brute Retail. <laughs> <laughs> so the creator of Brute Retail is pointing fingers at MD SAC and accusing them of uploading the archive files to Total Virus. But it appears these claims are unfounded. So what do you think the reasoning behind those accusations were? What's going on? Let's look at their interpersonal relationship and just dissect them from a psychoanalysis perspective. Total virus? Rattle brute? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh, Yoda's so... favorite uh, um, virus malware research tool. Yeah. <laughs> Total virus? I will upload too. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda, no, those are internal document files. Stop uploading those to uh, Total Virus. Was that from the fourth Star Wars, Taylor? Yeah, that you're quoting yeah, there? I think. Uh, well, it's one of the prequels. It's how Order uh, uh, sixty six. Was it the Phantom Menace one? About. Of course, it would have happened then. Yes, you know then? yes. The Phantom Menace is the hard coded credentials in the file <laughs> that your user shared with Total Virus. <laughs> that is the major plot driver for sure. <laughs> yeah, something about a trade federation and hard coded credentials. I think that was. <laughs> I need to call George. <laughs> we have We're an idea about here. a lot of late '90s movies. Today. We are. <laughs> it's nostalgic Monday. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the the creator of uh, Bruce Rattel, uh, you know, the, by their guess is like, hey, the version that ended up out in the wild, I can trace this back to this MDSEC group um, who said they, they shared the license and, you know, logs that are showcasing the crack attempts. I don't know, it's tricky. I, I don't want to necessarily get in the middle of this just because there's... Um, you know, whether something's unfounded or not, I, you can't really tell at this stage in the game. Really tricky. Um, but yeah, so at some point, yeah, someone cracked the licensing schema around it and then released that uh, in the last week or so. Um, Taylor, you're actually the official referee here. We're actually oh, no. paying you to get in the middle of this. So I'm okay. going to have to ask. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hot takes only. It was an inside <laughs> job. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are there any thoughts on who or what group produced the crack version, or am I putting you back in the referee hotspot or hotspot, um, hot, hot seat on that? Um. Well, so the Powell folks uh, tied it to uh, like Russian actor uh, activity <laughs> back over the summer. So I would, I, you know, that's if if you've seen it there uh that would be kind of your first guess i suppose but i mean you know these things are 
at a certain point, it almost doesn't matter. <laughs> like the genesis of it doesn't matter. It's not like you're going to track those folks down and hold them accountable for it. It's that genie is out of the bottle and you're not getting it back in. The genie is out. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> well, would, would you describe the interest in this archive file as maybe a feeding frenzy among malicious cybercrime groups? Ha. <laughs> Yeah, right. So it's uh, it, it's one of those things where, hey, now this can become commoditized for these groups, much in the same way that Cobalt Strike was uh, over the last couple of years. And you'll probably see these things kind of side by side. I think, you know, it's important for the listeners to just to note, like you have your kind of this is more of the post-exploitation tooling. So getting in, uh, getting visibility, lateral access, of avoiding, um, you know, EDR, XDR, you know, flavor EDR here, <laughs> uh, EDR tooling on a machine. Um, you know, this is very helpful for that stuff, but it is not an exploit tool like your Metasploits um, or like a Vuln tool uh, in and of itself. It is more kind of post that uh, when it comes to the intrusion. Mm, and that, Taylor, that leads me to my final question here. Just, I'm just going to ask you to wildly speculate um, and just, we'll hold you accountable so everything you say can be used against you um, in the court of public here. opinion. <laughs> But what sort of damage do you think will come from this leak? Is this like Cobalt Strike, the sequel? What does this look like in your opinion? I think there's a good chance it goes down like that, uh, where, hey, you know, <laughs> we'll leave it for our in our analysts and our intrusion response folks. Uh, they'll be telling us over the coming weeks and months, <laughs> potentially years. Uh, if Cobalt Strike is any indicator, but certainly it's another tool in the tool belt for these folks to uh, land and expand in a more effective fashion and to avoid detection in a more effective fashion. So when you think about, you know, where the genesis of this project is someone who was with CrowdStrike and with Mandiant. So a, a ton of experience uh, in avoiding these types of things has gone into the creation of this tooling. So, um, you know, I think there's been a ton of iteration on it in the last 18 months or so as it's gone commercial. Uh, and, you know, you can kind of look on the commercial licensing thing. This looks to be a seven figure business for this tool. So, uh, you know, on one side, they're, they're going to try and put the genie back in the bottle as best they can uh, in terms of coming up with new licensing schemas and, you know, maybe providing detection tooling for the old stuff, perhaps. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if if it kind of maintains its current trajectory, you'll just see this in the tool belt along with stuff like Cobalt Strike. And you'll be hearing a lot more about badgers because there's a lot of bad, a lot of badgers in the, you know, you, know, you set up badgers, like there's lots of, of badgering going on uh, when it comes to, to Brute Rattel. And here I thought uh, privacy badger was the only badger we needed to know about in InfoSec. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh boy. New badger just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Another really day, another like badger. Another day. Sounds like a DJ name. Like I would be shocked if there was not like a DJ badger drop or something like that. It <laughs> sounds like it's exists somewhere in the internet. Um, well, Hey Taylor, thanks for walking through that. And let's do our hoodie rating. Uh, Tim, what would you put this at? Six next On to you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> now this is, this is, um, it's going to be rough for a while. I think there's no question about it. Um, 
because it's a it's a fairly powerful framework. Uh, it, it can avoid a lot of EDR and AV type detection, at least for now. Uh, you know, unless as Taylor mentioned, you know, maybe in an effort to put this t- toothpaste back in the tube, they release some detections for it. But we don't, you know, we don't know if that would ever happen. It certainly hasn't happened yet that we know about, and it's kind of ugly. So yeah, I, I glib as I was, six is the number. Oh, glib. What a great, great word. Just you gotta love the sound of it. It's one where the sound matches the meaning so perfectly. Glib. Anyway, <laughs> Taylor, over to you. <laughs> yeah, I you know, six and up. I'll go six and a half for this one. Just hey, you're looking at the feature list on it. It's like, okay, uh, you know, built-in debugger to detect EDR and user land hooks. See two channels I said over at Slack, Discord teams. Um you know, lots of different shell code loaders, just lots of, uh, <laughs> it's gnarly. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, hey, Taylor, thanks for walking through, educating our audience and giving people some important perspective on this. Sounds like something to dig into or understand if you're a blue teamer. Um, now we're going to step away for about four hours to make wa- uh, Taylor watch <laughs> Titanic and give him a little bit time to recover too emotionally. So mm-hmm. we'll be back here and um, we'll be right back yep. in just I've a few business days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hi there, Breaking Badness listener. Thanks for spending some time with us. If you're enjoying the show, please consider subscribing and giving us a rating and a review and heck, maybe even tell a friend about Breaking Badness. Well, anyway, we're awfully glad you're here. So now let's get back to the show. Well, Taylor, what did you think? Uh, it sank. The boat sank. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> the iceberg won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, pretty soon there won't be any icebergs anymore, and then it'll be completely safe to sail across the ocean. All things to consider here. I guess oh, that's one boy. upside. Well, let's let's um, humiliate one another, <laughs> It'll shall take we? After we, the we've cried, Titanic laughed, Mean Girls. <laughs> now we must aggravate with two truths and a lie, which is as it sounds. But rather than talking about ourselves, one of our co-hosts this week it is Tete. We'll read three byline titles, three of or three of which are true, two of which actually occurred, one of which Wait. is a lie. Oh, sorry. This week. It's Tim. It's. It, I think it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should Y'all keep this in me. here. And this is Y'all how I. <laughs> you said you were low on coffee, Taylor, and I thought I'd give you a free boost. It's good. Yeah. Did I get you? Did I wake you up? Ha! <laughs> Taylor is not up this week. That's that's the lie. As Tim was like, Tim is up this week. He's going to share those three titles. Taylor and I are going to do our best to guess. And of course, there's a point system. If you keep up on the domain tools, resources, podcast page for breaking badness, you'll see that scoreboard at the bottom of every um, show notes set we have. So, uh, Tim, care care to mess with us here? I'm going to mess with you. Statement number one. (laughs) Cyber criminals apparently reading domain tools blogs are seeing BEC as the new hotness after all. Number two, think of the children. 
Los Angeles Unified School District ransomware hackers threatening to release student data. Statement three, the country you live in tends to predict just how awful your passwords actually are. Oh my. How do they do that exactly? <laughs> Analysis. <laughs> yeah, can you read that last one one more time, Tim? The country you live in tends to predict just how awful your passwords actually are. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I feel I feel strongly that the second one is true, unfortunately, but I feel like I'm kind of stuck between one and three. Taylor, do you have any instincts here? I mean, that's that third one is so broad, it feels like kind of has to be true. I'm going to go on the first one. Um, also broad, feels like BEC is never out of style. <laughs> uh, but I'll go, I'll go with number one. Sadly, the uh -oh. second one was the lie because <gasps> the uh, LAUSD hackers have now released the student data. Oh, no. Tim, should, should I guess now? Yeah, now, now you can guess now, Kelsey. <laughs> All right, Tim. I would have oh, picked I'm one sorry. wrong. I, oh, no. you're right. I jumped the gun. But no, uh, but you yeah, were. It, you saved me from. You sounded quite certain. I was that you thought very two certain. Was the truth? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Tim. The uh, it, the the password thing is actually worth reading. Somebody called Go Secure. Uh, did some studies, and what they looked at was a whole bunch of different macro social factors that affect password habits. So um, it's true. Now, what th what they didn't do in the article that I read, unfortunately, they didn't give us the rankings exactly of where the countries are. I wanted to know who to dunk on, but I guess we have to go into the raw data to figure that out. Fascinating. They're like, people from these countries won't go into the raw data. And they'll be wrong about. <laughs> you know who I bet is really good at it? New huh. Zealand. Mm. They're good at everything. They they are. They probably like have a ministry of strong passwords. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> Excellent. They forge all their passwords in Mount Doom. Mount Doom. <laughs> who is there? Was a a young child that was accepting like they would go and they would roll dice and they would just create passwords and huh. send them via snail mail it was a few years oh, ago oh that was so cool that was a great story yeah i'm trying to remember they were like pretty young but they're just a little entrepreneur um, yes just making some money doing some good Win -win. and they were very good strong passwords yeah because they were they were word dice right Something yeah they like were that. word dice. you're right you're right yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, it was basically the correct horse battery staple of uh, <laughs> version you know, of dice. I always worry when I use semantics anywhere near that, that people are going to be questioning uh, what psychologically led me mm -hmm. to that. To connect those. To say correct together. horse battery staple. Yeah. Yes. Was that, yeah. Tim, was that ever a XKCD comment? Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. I was, yeah. You can like picture the horse drawing. I know. There's probably, there's probably like three or four geek bar bands around the country or world called Correct Horse Batteries. <laughs> or, or maybe somebody has an album 
by that name or something. They should. Or both. They should. Excellent. <laughs> things to ruminate on before our next episode of Breaking Badness. Go look those things up. Excellent. You know, in, in honor of Cybersecurity Awareness Month, I'm going to take down all the post-it notes with my passwords. <gasps> Are you going to burn them? Are you going to shred them, Taylor? Well, no, I got to put them You don't have to take them down. Just put them, <laughs> put, them, put them on the opposite side of your webcam. How hard is it to remember one, two, three, four, Taylor, really? I mean, do you need a post-it? Password with a zero. Yeah. Ooh, that's what <laughs> Dang, gets them. Did I, did I do it with a zero yes. or did I make the A an at symbol? Remember. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! I did both. Strong did I do password! Both? <laughs> Exclamation point! <laughs> oh, excellent! Well, hey, you two, it's good to have you back. Um, Tim, for those who are listening in, will be on on the stage at Mwise here in not too long. If you're if you're at that a, a show, Gurkhan also actually Gurkhan uh, back to back Gurkhan Gurkhan. On, uh, what is that, October 14th, and M.Y. Yeah. is on October 19th. Tim is, on, Tim is on the road. You're taking that show on the road. Yeah. Indeed. Talking blooms. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So go, go say hi um, and give him a hard time for Taylor and Callie and myself, who Callie graciously produces um, pretty much everything on this podcast except for um, the actual production, which Tim does, um, putting it together and making sure we don't make fools of ourselves. So big, big thanks to <laughs> both of them for making, making this possible. Also, Callie and I will be on the road in, uh, the Wild West Hacking Fest. Oh, that's right. Deadwood. Deadwood. That'll be excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you all. Safe travels. Looking forward to coming back into your headphones through your speakers and not too long. Happy hunting. And happy Breaking Badness, Mean Girls recording day. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye, y'all. Bye-bye. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.